Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the Social Ninjas. Hiya! With practice, Jeremy and I have reached the point where social anxiety doesn't control our lives. I went from being anxious to speak to people to speaking in front of hundreds of people without a sweat. That's amazing! I went from being anxious to be able to approach anyone to interviewing celebrities in Hollywood and giving free hugs across the world. Now, we both co-host a podcast where we interview amazing human beings. Which is something I would have been terrified to do in the past. And while we aren't battling social anxiety like we used to, we still have mental health that we work to improve every single day. That's why we created this podcast, to be able to provide valuable information to you on how to feel the best you can and also normalize the conversation around mental health because we all have mental health. And if I don't take care of my mental health, I'm not being the best version of myself. Same here. We all need to take care of our mental health and the Social Ninjas podcast is here to help you do just that. A quick note, we are not health professionals and what we say should not be used in place of or replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the Social Ninjas Podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle. Join with me, as always, Jeremy. What is up? I was, I was starting to believe you forgot my name for a second. Hello. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> I was just holding that note until I remembered. I was like, shit. Jeremy, Jeremy, is that your name? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then we also have a very special guest with us today, Jerry Ropero. What's going on, Jerry? Hey, guys. In the house, Jerry Ropero. So actually, my name is very similar to the one to Jeremy's. So you, you should never forget. If you, if you forget who Jeremy is, you just think about me and say, oh, now I know what the name of my co-host is. You see, <laughs> I, make, I make life much easier for people. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> Who's talking now? That'll be me. So, Jerry. Carlos. <laughs> I'm going to call you Carlos instead of Kyle Carlos. All right, I'll take that. I've had people call me <laughs> Carl before. So, <laughs> so uh, Jerry, for people who don't know you, aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about kind of what you do and your background? Okay, so actually what I've done my whole life is being a music producer, mainly house music, for the last 35 years or something like that. But as the music business itself, it, so the passion for music is still there, but and as a DJ uh, too, but but the music business itself was starting to die, and for sure in electronic music. And I've always been an entrepreneur, so I started focusing more on my entrepreneur side. Then with the time, um, I'm bipolar. I have a bipolar disorder, and I decided to be the first. And I don't like too much the word say you know like star DJ or star house music producer uh, to come up with, I am bipolar. So I have a mental disorder problem. And I did this on, on a Romanian TV station where they did an interview and then I posted it everywhere. And okay, I got a lot of awareness, but also a lot of insults of people. I like, don't want to work with you anymore and you're crazy. We don't want to have crazy people. So that's okay. And, but this was like, you know, giving me more power. And from that point on is when I said, okay, 
after how much like 13 years of receiving therapy and being more into it and into it because I love it, I love it, I love it. I said, okay, I'm going to start being a therapist myself. So nowadays, um, beside this, I'm also a, a trained psychotherapist and an NLP practitioner. NLP, for the people who don't know, it's neuro-linguistic programming. And it's, I think, for me, one of the most effective therapies for people who have trauma, phobia, uh, anxiety problems, whatever. It's really like, boom, helping them, mind-shifting them in a way that they would never believe in and, and giving them a better life. That's for sure. So that's what I'm busy with. And the two hours I have left, I sleep. And I'm together with my manager. My manager is called Jay. Uh, he has four legs. We're an amazing manager, not two legs, four legs. It's my dog, Yorkshire. And <laughs> he is a little <laughs> bit off right now. <laughs> you got me. It's like your manager has four legs. I was like, I've never heard that. That's <laughs> <laughs> a picture of his dog. Yeah, but um, I loved your face. I was like, so, <laughs> four legs. You know where he's going to. Uh, so jumping. So, yeah. so jump. So jumping straight in. I'm actually curious yeah. uh, how a little bit of the journey of how your life changed once you put it out there that you have a bipolar disorder. And then also my second question would be, how does maybe a little bit of a, a brief description of how NLP works, neuro-linguistic programming? Well, it changed a lot in the way of, I got a lot of respect from people I didn't even know because they also have a kind of mental disorders and have to be bipolar. And they started coming more and more and more um, to me from the DJ business, let's say, or from the electronic house music business worldwide because it's like a very big taboo. We're not allowed to speak about it. I mean, we're DJs, we're, we're idols and the ladies. And now you say that you're, you know, crazy like they like to say. But then a lot of people is very afraid of losing jobs. I wasn't. I said, look, I'm going to do that because a good friend of mine called Avicii, a massive DJ, also massive producer, and he killed himself a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, also because of something like this. So I said, I'm going to really start opening awareness in the DJ world and helping people. So that's why I started, like I said, the, the whole therapy thing. And it has changed in the way of, the way they talk to me, the way they look at me, and the more followers I start getting, not, not just because of followers, but because of the people coming to me. Of course, I just said a lot of people insulting me, but this is good. This is like, it's like in the music, I can tell you what we were talking about that before. It's like the haters, okay? so. I got famous because of my haters, not because of my uh, fans. Uh, fans, I said, they buy the music, they listen to the music, they enjoy my music. That's cool. I'm very thankful. But the haters are the ones talking shit about me, shit about my music, and giving me a free promotion, which is unpayable, because they're just talking and talking and talking about me. Bad, they, but that's good. I mean, at least they talk. If they don't talk about the artist, the artist is dead. So now the same thing happened with the, with the whole therapy. I get tons of messages like, who the fuck do you think you are? Uh, you were a bad DJ, now you're a bad speaker, now you think you're blah, 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 and get out of here. And the one they like the most is like, you don't even realize how much people is laughing about you, but of course they don't tell you. You know, this kind of <clears throat> trying to uh, hurt me. But I always think it's like, it's good because that means that I'm doing something good. 
NLP, your second question. NLP starts, and that's true, who the, the creator of NLP is actually uh, Bandler, and Richard Bandler. And he always says like, psychiatrists and psychologists, they study the depressed people in order to help them. Richard Bandler does a different thing. He goes to the happy people, study why they're happy, go to the depressed one and say, hey guy, you have to do it like this which sounds much more logically and makes sense. So that's a little bit the basic of NLP. NLP is we always picture everything. If I tell you now, Kyle or Jeremy, and I ask you, can you remember which one was the most funny day that you had this summer? And you maybe say, yeah, well, I met some girls on the beach. But meanwhile, you're saying that, you see that picture in front of you of those girls on the beach, right? So the active brain, receives the message from, or knows the message, okay, it was there and there and there, the factual message, but then the subconscious is the one showing you the picture. The subconscious, I always say, you, you have to imagine it's like a very big library, an old library made of, out of wood and a lot of archives and everything, and there's an old man sitting there, gray, little, you know, little glasses, very old. And then what the active brain says, most funny day in, the, in summer, he goes to the archives of the picture, looks for the base picture, and shows that to you. That's the way it works. Now, if we're talking about, for example, rape, and this lady tells you, yeah, well, I got raped and blah, blah, blah. And at that point, it's where I remember I was hurt the most psychologically. Well, then we, with some kind of techniques and way of talking and everything, we are able to tell the old man from her library, instead of showing her that picture, we want you to show her this other picture, which makes her happy. And we don't delete the event, but we teach her to think different or to see different and not to experience that pain anymore, this anxiousness, because like a therapy like this can, I mean, 45, 50 minutes is done. And in the first beginning, when the person is talking about the rape and uh, shivering, almost crying, anxious, you know, and half an hour, 45 uh, minutes after the, the therapy, you ask again how they feel now. It's like, what? Nothing. Neutral. So the job is done. And that's the beauty. That's really the beauty of NLP. Really sounds reprogramming. Like, sounds like the idea of like what we think about, we believe, and kind of flooding our system with positive thoughts and positive ways of thinking. Is that correct? It is correct. Now, the message out there is always like, you have to think positively. You don't have to see this, that negative, but the tools are not given. And we give the tools because, yeah, you have to be positive. You know, when somebody's down and you say you have to be positive, the pressure is going to be bigger because it has a pressure of being down and then you tell him you have to be positive how they am going to do that so no we teach you how to do it and we train you in a way and we take the pressure off we have way too much pressure on our brain with everything that's why we cannot think about something else you see and we try to unknot that problem and and leave it there so you know it's there but then it's on the timeline of your life it's not in the present the whole day bothering you. So you know, okay, this happened, that's it. And then you automatically 
moving on. That's mm. really nice. And I also say, I had golden records, platinum records, big hits, and of course it was really satisfying. And oh fuck, you know, I'm number one in the chart. But seeing somebody way more happy after one hour of therapy, that feeling fulfills me like one million times more than whatever hit record I had in my life. I have one quick question. I, um, is what led you to sharing that you had bipolar? I'm, I'm guessing you had resistance to sharing it or like what led to you sharing it? No, 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 no. Like I said, I mean, in the digital world, this is something very taboo uh, because you can lose your job or people think you can lose your job. I, yeah. I show that's that. What, that is that's why I'm curious. Like, what, what, like since it's very taboo, what, what led you to sharing it? Because I know me after 35 years in this, in this uh, circus, I know that there's a lot of people struggling. So what, do, what, what is happening? I mean, in the upper league also, like uh, big DJs playing every week and everywhere in new country, blah, 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 blah. And they have a mental problem. Um, but they don't go to seek for help. This is the most difficult uh, step of all of them, to admit and then to say, I'm going to go seek for help. You can admit, but then you say, oh, I'm not going to, I'm just going to Google. Let's see what I'm going to find out. And then you have a lot of misinformation. Now, what happens if they feel depressed? Well, they drink a little bit more or they do some more drugs, just, eat, you know, so to have the power to, to, to have a good gig and to make a good party and to have the people dancing and to be smiling. At the end, it's consuming you. It's going to kill you. Even if it's physical or just uh, psychological, which is way worse. So I decided to say, hold on, I'm going to be the first one to say, look, ah, I'm bipolar. We are all Afroms in this sector, like in every other sector, but this sector is not talking about. I'm going to be the first one because I wanted to. Everything what I've done in my life is always like making people happy in one or the other way. As a DJ, as a producer, I want in the six, seven minutes that my track is uh, long, you know, that, that people is forgetting everything. So, fuck, this is really cool house music, you know. So there we go. And I, I decided to come forward with the bipolar thing so I can help other people too. That this taboo disappears. A lot of other people then afterward came out and were writing, look, I have this, I have borderline, I have whatever other condition, or just depressed because of the job, because this job makes you depressed too. If you're not, you know, if you don't have a strong mind, you're never home, you cannot have a real relationship because who wants to be with a guy who's always on a plane and in, in another country? It's, it's, I mean, it's a job. People see always, and I did a post about that, people always see, the two hours gig that we had and fun and hands up and everything. But the other 22 hours behind the scene, waiting in airports, uh, sleeping in planes, maybe not even sleeping, going to the next gig in another country, passport control, blah, blah, blah. It's so minimal, small things, but really, I said, consumes a lot. Interesting. Oh, product, pro product placement, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll send a bill to go. go. Uh, <laughs> uh, just going back a little bit, uh, could you tell us some of those tools that you share with people that allow them to make that drastic change in those 45, 50 minutes when you're uh, helping somebody change those thought processes? Well, it also depends on, on the person itself and the case or the situation mm -hmm. itself. 
<clears throat> so it's not always like one or the other technique, but the technique is based on, for example, I, I give you, I give you an example with you, Kyle. Which was the worst day in your life? Pick one. Oh, um, just off the top of my head, probably the first day of going to a, my new high school. Okay. And the best day in your life? Um, just pick one. Pro probably married. I, I have to say that for sure. Fantastic. That's a very beautiful answer. Now, if you go back to that first day in college, where you, you think for you is, is a really bad experience. How were you feeling there? How, how were you feeling? Can you describe them a little bit? Yeah, so uh, feeling anxious for sure, uh, alone, lost. Can, can you feel that right now? I mean, I see your face and it's like, okay, you're back there and you, you, you can reproduce that feeling, right? Yeah. And the day you've married, why do you say it's, it's, it's the best day in your life? Concretely. Yeah. Or what was that point? Maybe kissing her the first time in front of the, um, wherever you married or putting the ring on her finger. Um, yeah, I'd say kissing her for the first time or not the first time, but yeah, the, you know, that first married <laughs> kiss. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, what is the feeling you get right now when you think about that moment? Uh, kind of fluttering inside a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, yeah, I just showed you that in less than three, four minutes, you can feel bad and you can feel very good. Mm. So for the mind, it's actually the same chemical uh, process. It's, it's like a bar, you know, like happy, not happy, happy, not happy. You can just put it wherever you want. So this is a little bit the basic of teaching somebody. Like if you have a trauma, you remember the trauma? Yes. Keep it there. Let's go to the best moment in your life. Keep it there. And then you have the two pictures in front of you, the, the bad one, the good one. And then you start shrinking the bad one. You start making the big one a little bit uh, bigger until the bad one is shrinked away. And it sounds very simple. It, it is actually very simple. Um, but I just showed you that I can make you feel like this or like that. So with this person, you do the same. And when you have shrink away the bad picture and you only have the good picture 15 times bigger, you really anchor that. And with anchoring, we talk in NLP, so it stays there forever. So the trauma feeling is not there anymore. The, the experience, of course, because it happened, but the feeling is gone. And I put a nice feeling there because the picture where the person is feeling well is 15 times bigger and the other one disappeared. It's a little bit of kind of mind shifting, mind manipulation, if you want to call it. Of course, we manipulate 100%. But at the end, the person, the person's feeling towards that bad event are gone. And that's what we want. This is the most beautiful thing with NLP. That's cool. I like that. I mean, I've, I've dug into that worst day uh, a lot. So, I mean, I kind of experienced it just because I, I talk about it when I do speaking and stuff. But it was kind of interesting going back to 
uh, when we got married because I haven't really mentally just kind of revisit that on a regular basis. So it was kind of powerful, the it, kind of emotions that I felt how strong those was, do, how strong it was doing that. <laughs> and you see, it goes very quick from one yeah. to the other, from very sad to very happy. So at the end, we can decide how do we want to feel. Also, other kind of techniques in NLP is like, I teach you to always feel like the day of your marriage. So now, if you're going to, oh, I don't know, uh, you get an email from somebody with a problem, whatever, you can go back to the state of your marriage like this. It's a training thing, actually. And then you don't feel that bad about what is happening. You say, okay, good, I have a problem here which I have to solve. But you, as a person, you're not feeling bad because you just went back to the state of this happening that you just told me about uh, at your marriage. This is really cool. Yeah, I have, I have a question. Jeremy is dead already. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm, I was just not. I was just also. <laughs> I was doing the the exercise as well. I was on. Um, actually, I was. I closed my eyes and I was picturing this. Uh-huh. This moment, <laughs> I just got like goosebumps. So I was picturing this moment <laughs> where I did an eleven-hour hike through the Swiss Alps of Switzerland wow. and wow. Um, Zermatt. And I don't know if you've been to Disneyland, but there's this ride called the Matterhorn, but this is the actual Matterhorn in Switzerland, in Zermatt. And it was just one of those, I felt so free and uh, I was not worrying about the future or worried about the past. I was just in such a joy. I was so, it was such one of the best, it was one of the best days of my life by far. Um, So I was like, we have those feelings saved somewhere in the subconscious and with LNP techniques, also, as I told Kyle, we can bring them back up. So we know where they're stored, and we bring them back up. And that's so amazing. That's so amazing. I also say a lot of times to people like, there are two chairs, the, the judger chair and the observer. So if you sit in the judgmental chair, and you start judging everybody by what they say, what they write, what they do, you're going to get so stressed so stressed because of somebody else or another situation this is stupid if you get stressed get stressed because of something that you did yourself now the observer uh chair it's not just like watching and that's it no it's like watching and analyzing why the other person is behaving that way with you so if somebody comes to me and say you track this shit okay good i accept that because i learned to be in the chair of the observer which is meaning that i not that I'm a student, I said, okay, okay, whatever. No, no. I am in the uh, chair of the observer. And then I think, why is the guy acting like that? I don't know. Maybe he's jealous. Maybe he has a bad day. Maybe his wife just uh, left him. Whatever. So if he wants to, and this is very important, everybody's entitled to have their own opinion. So if he thinks my music is bad or I'm an ass, that's okay. I, I like it because he's just telling me straight in my face. So actually, I have to respect that person, not destroy that person. Now, I'm also entitled to share or not to share his opinion. As soon as you know this position, you will never be angry anymore. You will never, it's difficult that they hurt you because you analyze the other person automatically. It's easy. Actually, it's easy. That's or a- words. Words are very important too, Jeremy and Kai. Um, even though I just use them now, but the brain is trained like this, that when we hear the word good, the brain is in 
relaxed modes, you know. When we say bad, it's like, oh, oh, something's happening. The brain is already like in a defensive mode or attacking mode. So if we say this is good and this is bad, when we say it's good, the mind is relaxed. When we say this is bad, the mind is going, you know, alarm. So we can change and we can say this is good and this is less good. So let, I, we're saying the same instead of uh, using the word uh, bad, we say it's less good. But the brain is hearing again the word good, so it's still in a, in a relaxed mode. So with, with choosing the right words are, is also very, a very powerful. You know, look at yeah. the politicians, they, they're trained in that. Yeah, I wanted to like touch back uh, to like my question before I forget. Uh, you talked about like states, and then you talk about how we always have those positive states, and then going back there and then anchoring them for when we need them. I have a question based off of because I know there's. Do you also agree that there's a balance of like I have tr if I have traumas from my past? Do you with NLP? Do you process the trauma first before adding in the new story that you anchor, or you just forget the trauma? No. So the trauma just goes away without no. processing it? Oh, no. No, the trauma doesn't go away. That's, that's the thing, okay? So we don't delete something in your cortex. This is impossible. We also don't want that. We are just changing the image so that you remember the trauma but don't feel the pain of that trauma, first of all. Secondly, mm. when I speak with somebody, we are. We have to call them clients. I don't like to say clients. I say friends. When when we talk with somebody like that with a trauma, um, we don't even need to know what the trauma is. So if the person doesn't want to talk about that rape or that robbery or whatever, we we don't ask. So look, if you want to tell me about it, it's okay. If you don't want, we're gonna just call it. I don't know. Um, vapor. So your vapor happened then and now we're going to go for the for the good image so it's not necessary to go back so that the person feels the pain you know psychologists do that sorry for the psychologists watching but uh they really go back and and and, and punch a little bit the the you know that that's hurtful nerve we don't do that we don't need to do that Interesting. So I'm just kind of curious on your journey with with uh, having bipolar disorder. So is this something that you knew you had when you were, you know, young, growing up, and kind of, yeah. you know, what, what was your journey going through? How would you find ways to cope with it? Uh, I remember. I can't really remember when I was seven, and from that point on, I always felt like all of a sudden, out of the blue, very, very sad, okay? Um, my parents always said, I ah, know the boy has a lot of fantasy, but it was really this bipolar thing. With the years, it was going a little bit worse. And of course, I was a DJ. Uh, I can speak about, I was doing drugs, I was doing drinks, I was doing everything. I was famous, come on, uh, I was young. I really went, you know, full in. But then all of a sudden, I really got like, I, I need to stop this because I was, I don't know, having a party and my friends, they needed two days to recover and I needed sometimes two or three weeks to recover. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was sad. I wanted, yeah. 
suicidal sort of thoughts, and I even tried to suicide two times. Um, and then I, decided, I was living in Germany, in Hamburg, and I decided to go to a psychiatrist. And from that point on, I just quit with drugs. I quit with alcohol, and I started, like I called the legal drugs, or the, the medication uh, for bipolar. And my life is like a million times better. A million times. I will never say to somebody, you have to quit drugs. You have to stop drinking. No, no, no. I'm just telling you that my life is a million times better. You can think about it and do whatever you want. You know? So this is very important also psychotherapy is for people who want the therapy, not for people who need the therapy. This is a big difference. Okay? So I hear a lot of people saying, oh, no, no, but I have this and that, but I can go. And that's bullshit. Look, well, let's, let's make it simple. You break your foot, what are you doing? You go to the hospital, right? You're vomiting blood because you have, I don't know, a lot of uh, acid reflux. You go to the doctor. If you have something with your mind, you go to somebody to treat the mind. And that's it. You don't say, oh, wait, my foot is broken. I will fix it myself. That's not true. That's bullshit. So let's be honest. And, 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 and a lot of people is not really still at that stage of, doing the first step. So yeah, I, I live with bipolar. I live very good. It's very manageable. I have very good medication and I get therapy. Though I'm a therapist myself, but I still get therapy from my psychiatrist because very important as well, uh, um, medication by itself or therapy by itself is not working. You have to have the right combination, the balance. The therapy that we do as an NLP practitioner is taking away those feelings boom, in one hour, let's say, or two hours. When I give a therapy, I never say, you know, like, okay, 45 minutes, you know, talk, 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 45 minutes, I'm gone, see you in two months. No. You come to me, I do the, uh, the therapy, sorry, until I see the person is there where we want to have it. That's it. It can take 45 minutes, it can take three hours. Because sometimes, so the, the therapy time is the same. Just the talking thing to get really to the point from where is it, you know, because you can ask, what is the worst thing happening in your life? And they always answer, so many in my life, you see? And from that point on, you have to start a real investigation. And then we get to the investigation, you do the therapy, that's it. Easy. I love it. I kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit. You talked, I loved what you said about the, the hardest part is admitting have a problem in seeking help so for someone in kind of in between and um, needing a maybe or could use a little bit of a push to admit they have a problem and getting help what would you say to that person uh well first of all i don't know any person who comes to me without seeking for help because i'm the help but we all are very honest and we Look, you can't lie to yourself. You cannot, you, you know you have a problem. The problem is to, to go the first step to seek for help. But we all know when we have a problem, we all know. We can uh, act like we don't have anything in front of other people, but we know when there's something going wrong. That's very simple. And, but then you have the word fear. You see, we, we, talk, we all talk about fear. Therapists, speakers, everybody on the internet. But it's true. We have fear that, what are they going to say? What are they going to think about me? Uh, maybe they look at me like a crazy guy. And then that is what is the obstacle to, for them to go and seek for help. Now, when they jump that obstacle, then they already made like 50% of, of their 
therapy by themselves. And the other 50% is what we do for them. That's it. It's very easy. So I'm going to tell you in another way. I always like to use that example. Sometimes you eat something bad and you're laying in bed. Very cozy. Tired. But you want to vomit. How many times you say, okay, well, I'm going to wait a little bit. Oh, fuck it. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to try to sleep. But the whole time you would, you know, this uncomfort in, in, in your stomach. And then at the end, you decide to stand up and to go vomit five minutes and you feel new and you sleep like a baby. So why wait? Why not skip it and go directly to vomit? Well, the same thing is with the, the mental health. You go to the doctor, you vomit the whole shit out, and there you go. You start with the, the therapy. Hey, guys, you need to sleep more. Oh, I need to shut up. What are we going to do? No, I like that analogy a lot. <laughs> it's very relatable. Yeah, let's go vomit. <laughs> uh, so I have another question for you if you had the ability to send one message to everybody in the world what would your one message be don't take it all so so seriously that's it that's it everything oh the manager is awake um the COVID uh, situation, the mask situation. The, the, meanwhile, we're talking about the COVID, so many other things happening in the world. And again, don't take it all that seriously because it's not, you know, okay, it's bad, something bad, something that's okay. It's all good. But from your standpoint, don't take it so serious so you don't get too much damage inside. So you know there is something, we are aware there's something. We go according to what they say. And then that's it. But still, we have to laugh more. When I say we, have, we, we don't have to take it that seriously, we have to laugh much more. Instead of watching, you know, propaganda videos or, or whatever, and or videos that they make us be more afraid, let's put something which makes us laugh. That's it. Don't take it seriously. Nothing, nothing at all. Uh, I like that a lot. I mean, <laughs> I watch, uh, well, as you can see my background for people watching, it's the background of the office. And I probably watch at least an episode a day, just like during lunch or whatever, because it's my favorite show yeah. and it makes me laugh. It makes me feel good. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's my own, like kind of like mini therapy in a way. Yeah. That's one of the best auto therapies. I wake up or maybe I feel like, mm, I don't know, you know, I just put something very funny in Spanish. For example, Spanish people are very funny, as Jeremy know. And Gracias. that's it. De nada, mi amor. <laughs> <laughs> and then I start laughing. My manager is doing some bullshit, you know, and jumping on me. And that's the mind is already reacting in another way. It's like this impulsivity. You, you receive an email, a very bad one, and you want to answer. And you put that emotion in because what you read is shit and that answer is going to be very bad. So if you get that, 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 that email before answering, you put that thing, I don't know, a stand-up comedy or me with my manager and we laugh a lot. And then afterwards is when I'm going to answer, answer that email. And the answer is really completely different. It's very based on facts and not emotional. For, so those you, for those of you who are listening and aren't looking, he keeps referring to his manager. It's his dog. 
His dog's awake. His manager's awake. Uh, so cute. He thinks uh, I'm talking too much. I should be working. He said, "You know, I leave that what he thinks." Stop taking this so seriously. Stop taking it so seriously. Laugh more. <laughs> so, um, for if someone, if uh, for those who want to find you on on, on social media and want to support and perhaps getting some NLP, um, where can they find you? Oh, that's nice of you. Uh, they can add me here on Instagram. Uh, it's Jerry Opero Official Therapy or my main page, Jerry Opero Official. Uh, Facebook also, Jerry Opero uh, Official Therapy. But this, when you go on Facebook, it's redirecting everything to my Instagram. So I really have to, uh, I like to have everything concentrated there so I can be more effective with people. Come to me. We talk first. I don't charge you for that. We see what we can do for you. And you're gonna pay it if you like it, or you're gonna pay it after what we've done. And that's it. That's how open I am. That's how much I know what I can do and how much I believe in what we can do. So welcome everybody. Awesome. In five languages. Oh, can I tell that? Five languages. In English, five Spanish, languages? German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. The other ten I forgot. But those five <laughs> I still <laughs> So yeah, English, Spanish, German, Dutch, and French. Wow. Yeah, when I, when I went to Europe and I just knew some Spanish and English, I was like, wow, everyone, everyone in Europe speaks more than one language. Yeah. Okay, go for it. What can you say in Spanish? Um, what can I say in Spanish? <laughs> yo practico español para dos años en escuela. You've been watching a lot of telenovelas, my friend. Sí. <laughs> but it's good. Your accent is really good. Voy a bailar, eh? No, Va a bailar. <laughs> cool. Well, you thank guys you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, I thank you. If you liked this podcast, definitely give us a five star. If you don't like this podcast, thank you for your energy. Thank you, haters. You're going to, we thank you so much. <laughs> give us some free promotion. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that if free you, promotion. If you, if you like the podcast, give five stars. If you don't like it, give five stars too. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't like it, the best way to show us you don't like it is to give us five stars. Five stars. Yes, five times shit. Okay, but they don't know that. So I just five stars. The guys really deserve that. Hey, I want to be a social ninja too. How can I do where should I apply? Kyle, where can you apply to be a social ninja? Hmm, the application <laughs> process. Uh, <laughs> don't know. I think once you're on the show, if you're a listener, you are a social ninja. I am automatically already a social yeah. ninja. Oh, well, I'm so proud. You must train hard and believe in yourself. I'm on it. <laughs> I'm Spanish. It goes a little bit uh, slower, you know. <laughs> más, más lento. Un poquito más lento. Muy bien, eh, jefe. Caballero. Caballero. <laughs> hey guys, Cowboy. thank you for this, man. It's really cool.